Well, let's say congratulations to Mark Walker. I don't think the success is going to stop, though, last weekend. He's got two very talented mares running this weekend. And we'll talk about those in a moment. Campionessa and Skew If shouldn't be disregarded. Look in her form uh, in the Oakley Plate. But uh, Mark Walker is joining us. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Do you feel any pressure with Imperatriz going into that last weekend, particularly off that trial that everyone was talking about prior? Oh, I didn't pay much attention to what what everyone was, well, a lot, a lot of people were saying. I just sort of concentrated on the horse, and and uh, I think once once we saw her work at Mooney Valley, we were pretty relaxed and comfortable after that. So. It was a pretty trouble-free week eh, after that gallop. Yeah, I understand that she's just a very relaxed when you trial her at home. For whatever reason, some horses are like that. But at trial, even it was a bit subpar for whatever reason. We're not really sure, but uh, uh, we just felt that it might have been that at home, and and it had been a really really hot week. That might have attributed a little bit as well. But she certainly. Uh, was back in race day form on Saturday, that's for sure. And you put some things in place with obviously Ben Gleeson, who looks after the stable for you to keep it nice and cool? Oh, we just put some extra fans in a box. That was basically it. But um, whether that made a difference, who really knows, or whether it was just she couldn't really be bothered at her home track in that trial. Perhaps that might have had something to do with it. And you've had a lot of uh, experience dealing with horses with humidity, of course, given your time in Singapore, Mark. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, uh, so oh, there's not a lot you can do. They've just got to get used to it, really. So, uh, yeah, she seems seems fine after the race, that's for sure. And what's her general mood like on race day, this star mare Imperatriz? No, she's pretty good until she goes out onto the track and she sort of puts her game face on and we get her lead down to the start because she can get a bit, uh, a bit toey and can put on the odd buck going to the start, actually. So... Uh, we just get her lid down to get her there safely. And then normally Opie gives her a really good warm-up uh, behind the barriers. You could have blown me over a feather if someone said Private Eye and Imperatriz will be sharing the lead. <laughs> How did you see it on the weekend? Were you surprised yourself? I know she did lead previous preparation and lead and win, but uh, what? how did you think it would play out there on the weekend pre-race with Imperatriz? Uh I just said to Opie, basically just give her a good warm-up and just, just ride the race how you feel it. And that's a beauty. He sums things up very quickly and tactically. He was brilliant on Saturday. You're definitely going to the William Reed next month, the race she won last year? I, I go back over Friday afternoon and we, we'll just do a little bit of fast work on Saturday morning and I'll make, make a decision then after speaking to David and Karen uh, at home. All right. Is there any other options if you don't go that way? Oh, there's plenty of options everywhere, but it's just a matter of seeing her first and see how she's pulled up. Of course, he's a cool head, isn't he, OP Boss? And we we'll talked about this yesterday. You know, some people's personality reflects their riding. You know, they're cool, calm off the track, but also on the track, and that's the case with this guy. Gee, he rarely does anything wrong, does he, OP Bosson? No, he's got a phenomenal record, and he's closing in on a 100 group one winners all that. Uh, not many do that, do they? But if he'd had a natural body weight that was five kilos lighter, it would have been a big help to him. It's, um, it's always been a struggle for him. Were you there that the day she was purchased at the Gold Coast Magic Minions in Peritrice 2020 for 360? Yes, I was. Yeah. Yep. 
obviously you liked her as well as the team as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, we uh, we certainly did. I know you look at a lot of horses, but do you remember that particular day in question being by I'm Invincible? Yeah, I, I do actually. Uh, I was getting around all the studs and um, and I think Dave and Karen hadn't arrived and uh, I said in particular I've seen a colt we really like and uh, there was a filly we really like and we actually trained for the breeder at the time, Dardo Yap. So I paid, uh, sort of paid special attention to what he had in the sale because I trained for him and uh, and that was imperatory. So I rang Dave and I said, I think there's a really good colt and that turned out to be sort of state and a really good filly and that turned out to be imperatory. So we didn't buy much from the sale that year and uh, we were pretty lucky with what we bought home. What were you thinking there with, say, 300 to go? Within, I think Did Private Eye get a nose in front or a half a head in front there at one stage? Yeah, yeah, he did. And I think Opie was just foxing a little bit when he moved his hands. I think uh, I think Blake thought he had him and went for his horse a little bit. And I think Opie had reserves up the sleeve. And she was she was actually quite strong on the line. But full credit to the second horse, G. He was brave, and he really, he really uh, gave her a great challenge. And he was primed at the minute as well. Do you think we'll see her in Sydney as well? If you do, if she runs, if you go the William Reed, of course, and she runs well, do you think you'll go to the TJ at this stage? Oh, we'll just take it one race at a time. But um, uh, as I say, we'll do a little bit of fast work Saturday, and we'll definitely map out our program from there. How many Group Ones is that for now, Mark? Oh, um, perhaps nine, I think. Yeah, I thought about nine. Mm. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And more to come. She's only a five-year-old, so she's still young. Yeah, she's lightly raced still, so there's, uh, you just pray every day you wake up that the sound. <laughs> the thing I love about Oakley Plates, punters love these races, there's a lot of chances, horses in form, and this mare, Skew F, is there any reason she won't run well a hell of a race here nice and fresh? A trial looked good recently, Skew F. Yeah, it'd be really nice to draw a decent barrier draw. I think that's really important, just to get a softer run. She didn't draw a gate in the uh Rupert Clark in the spring and just had such a tough run then. So, and, but she was still there at the finish. Um, so if we could draw a gate, it would make life a hell of a lot easier. She was beaten just over a length, a length and a half. Magic time. The winner was outstanding. Of course, covered ground that day. It was a bit of a biased track too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was up. It was definitely up on speed, but that race changed a little bit because they screamed along in front. But uh, from our draw, we just thought we've got to go back. So, uh, we did, and she she made up good ground, but just the ground we had to cover sort of uh, it was too tough to win that, that particular day. Yeah, of course she's a Group One winner over at Legato last preparation. That's outstanding form, isn't it? Yeah, very good form, definitely. Yes. Yeah, and she ran well fresh up in the Foxbridge last preparation, if memory serves me correctly. Skew if. Yeah, she did. She ran uh, second to a. Um, uh, one of the Wexford horses. Yeah, Dragon Leap, yeah. Dragon Leap, yes. Yeah, and he's a bit enigmatic, but we know in his day he's quite good. Yes, for sure. Yeah, what's the best ground for her, Mark? Skew with. Oh, she can handle uh, soft ground as well, so it doesn't really matter. She goes on anything, really. All right, and what's her program look like if we want to follow her through the autumn period? 
Uh, she'll go to the new market after this, and and then we'll just see whether we give her a slight freshen and go to the Robert Sangster in Adelaide, or whether we go to Sydney, or we'll just sort of uh, make a plan after those first two runs. It's actually quite well weighted on the weekend as well, given her record and a Group 1 winner. Oh, you always like a lot of weight in the, <laughs> in the handicaps, yeah. Yeah. Who rides her on the weekend? Skew with? Uh, Craig Williams. Craig Williams rides on the weekend. Okay. So just checking, uh, 55 a half, hasn't she? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And this Campionessa, um, she gave um, Legato a, a big fright last start. Uh, it was a terrific ride. But again, is there any reason she won't run a race at 1800 on the weekend? Campionessa. No, that's, that's sort of a, her record at uh, 1500 to 1800s, eight starts before one. So it's sort of that pick distance type of thing. And um, no, she should run very well. It'd be nice to draw a gate also. Yeah, I just I said it was a good ride because OP Boston had a back, but when Legato came out, he cruised up on the bend and got right on her back coming to the turn uh, in the race to run a very brave second. Yeah, exactly. Legato was just too good for on the day, that's all. Yeah, but a wonderful record. Ten wins from 29, Campionessa. Yeah, no, she's a good mare. She's group one, one at home, so we've just got to try and get some group ones in Australia to enhance her value when she does eventually get sold as a broodmare. What did you make of her Aussie Cup run last year around this time at Flemington? I, I thought it was good. She was well ridden. Uh, as I say, 1,800 around that distance is really, really good for her, uh, even though she's won it actually at 2,500. Uh, but So we'll just see Saturday's run and then just whether we freshen her for some fillies and mares races or whether we head on an Australian Cup path or we'll be guided by Saturday's run. Understand. Who rides her? Uh, Michael D. Michael D. And just with Sandude, a very good, uh, a talented mare. I think she worked with Imperatriz at that Valley Gallop. Uh, what, what's she up to, Sandute or Sands Dute? Yep. So she will uh, race on March the 2nd at Flemington. And then maybe if she's still going well, uh, there's a listed race in Adelaide. And what horse are you most excited about in the big stable in New Zealand, Mark, at this stage as we head into some of these big races at Ellerslie over the coming weeks, Derby Day, Saturday week? Uh, we've got a really nice young sort of untapped team. Uh, there's a nice colt called Move to Strike and a filly called Capture with Love that are, that are pretty promising, they're two-year-olds. All right. The Move to Strike race fallacious, if memory serves me correctly, the winner on the, the big Karaka Midian two-year-old. Yeah, that's correct. He yeah. ran third, he ran second that day. As I said, congratulations. I know it's a big team effort. I mentioned Glenn, but there obviously there's a lot that goes into these, you know, a massive team. And I understand the, the Cranbourne stable is going to get bigger in the years to come as well, or in the year to come. Yeah, we've signed off on uh, building another 50 boxes. So uh, that'll get started in about a month's time, I think. So we'll have probably 70 boxes up up ready in, um, in springtime. And still got horses in Singapore with Donna, Donna Logan? Yes, we have, but that all winds up and finishes in October. Yeah, pretty sad. So w w will those horses possibly enter Melbourne stable, or well, I suppose we don't know at this stage what may happen there? No, they'll uh, get sold off to Malaysia. They're not good enough to race in Australia. All right, well, we're going to head over there and uh, with a big group and annoy you well, when we turn up at the stable there after Derby Day. I think it's on the... I think we arrive on the Monday at your, your stables here. Hopefully we can see you in person that day, Mark, but thank you. 
Thanks very much. Yeah, Mark Walker joining us, of course. Mark's uh, campaign horse in Queensland for many, many years. Went up to Singapore, had so much success, came back. Of course, with Jamie Richards going up to Hong Kong and just uh, does a marvellous job. The whole team, of course, Sam Burgesson's a part of it in New Zealand as well. But, uh, yeah, Imperatory is just this wonderful, wonderful record. And as I said, I don't think too many people had Imperatory as leading uh, um, private eye on the map. But uh, that was the case. And uh, they sprinted home, obviously, in uh, in very fast time uh, on the weekend. I was looking at those sectionals this morning. Imperatrix's last 600 officially was 32.58, 11.06. And it was her last 200. She wasn't the fastest home. Um, Often this mare is the sectional star uh, in these races. And I'm making reference to Espiona. Um, Of course, she gets off and gets back, and she often reels off these fast sectionals. But... It's often, uh, you know, running fast sectionals, but you've got to be sort of, you know, within striking distance sometime to feature. And um, as I said, those two good horses up front were always going to sprint home in in very, very fast time there uh, on the weekend. So I'm just going to grab those for you and just mention those. uh, I was looking at them this morning. I'm just doing this on the run, but um, let's have a look at those uh, closing off sectionals. Um, Obviously, Private Eye and Imperatriz's sectionals were very, very similar given they raced together and there wasn't much of a margin in it at the end. But, yeah, the fastest last 600 metres looking at them now. So it was um, Espiona uh, ran the fastest last 600 there in a time of 32.29. So 32.29 was the fastest. And then you had Private Eye 32.43. Uh, Bella Nipotina, 32.57, and we mentioned Imperatrice, 32.58. Uh, the only horse to break 11 seconds, that last 200, was Espiona running third, 10.97, in comparison with Imperatrice, 11.06.